we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Of the beast. The beast. X-Factor Part 2. X-Factor Part 2, yeah. Yeah. So we only got one song done on the X-Factor last <laughs> one song. song. Well, I thought we were going to get halfway one through. One but... song. Hey, Josh. Uh, how about you spend a month listening to X-Factor? One song, Sign of the Cross. <laughs> no, the same thing happened with Power Slave. I think we only got one or maybe yeah. two songs done in the first episode of Power Slave. Yeah, totally. But uh, we just had a lot to talk about. I got to sit back yep. drinking James's beer. Yeah, that was a good beer. That so nice this beer that beer. we have today, yeah, let's get right into this beer because I'm uh, thirsty today. I'm thirsty today. Uh, this is right. This is the first time I think I've ever announced the beer name. Yeah, you take my jobs. What? <laughs> Pretty soon, I'm just going to be in the corner doing the intro. <laughs> Bose Brewing Company from Van Leek Hill, Ontario, and this is called the Farm Table Series Saison. Yeah, the Saison. We talked about that before. This yeah. time. I always say it's a session, but it's, it's not. It's a Saison. It's a different right. beer. I, I think Saison is technically... I read about this before. I can't remember the details, but it's something to do with like farmers in the field, and they brew these beers. They're supposed to be refreshing for something to do with the harvest or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But it is a style of beer. Cool. But I've had this one before. It's pretty good. Excellent. Lovely label. Yeah, it's a cool label. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Yeah, this looks, this looks nice. Very perfumey. Mm. Well, it's good. It's no New Zealand beer. I know. The, uh, <laughs> the beer from last week's kind of uh, spoiled me now. <laughs> yeah, no going back. But yeah, it's pretty good. Not as lovely. Actually, it's not bad at all. Quite refreshing. I like it. Quite refreshing. Mm. So, let's just get, jump right into the X-Fact. Last time we didn't talk about the cover art. No. So here is the cover art. This is the... Uh, hold on, let me take it out of the... I'm aware of the cover art. Controversy. So... Yeah. I think this was part of it. It's very dark. It's like Eddie. Yeah. It's like a, it's an actual like photograph of a model of Eddie made. Yeah. Uh, I've got some pictures here of the guy that's making the art, the model. It's an actual model. An actual now model that I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's you know computer enhanced, but it is an actual model, like sculpted and photographed. A guy named Hugh Syme, who did like a whole bunch of Rush album covers, did it. I think this was another thing. They're like, we're going in a new direction, a new darker sounding maiden, a new lead singer. Gone is the fun, nice looking Eddie. And in its place is like a vivisected Eddie being tortured. Super graphic. Yeah, but is he being tortured? I always found this funny about Eddie, even when he's like the peace of mind or, you know, the seventh son. Doesn't look like he's having a very good time. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. In this case, he doesn't. But like Eddie, to me, is a powerful that goes back to the killer concept. Yeah. I'm wearing the killer shirt right well, now. Well, that's part of what yeah. I wanted to say about this album cover. Yeah. Is like, uh, it kind of breaks with the Maiden Eddie theme where like, I don't know, it seems out of place when you look at this. Yeah. He's less the Joker, more the victim. Yeah. Because Eddie was always kind of a badass, right? Yeah. And this is like, it's not fun. It's just kind of, I don't know, gross. <laughs> yeah. Like Eddie's supposed to be a badass and he's always kind of, even in peace of mind when he's like got the lobotomy and he's in the straitjacket, he still looks like a badass. Here he looks like a yeah. victim. Like it, you're, I'm almost like, oh, poor Eddie. What are you doing to him? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, which is why I almost like view it as like a sadomasochistic thing because I always assume Eddie's in control of what's happening. Yeah, and this so one though he just seems like he's not. I don't know. He's not. Yeah. So I don't really like it. I think it's yeah. It's just kind of gross. And like my kids are young and they love Eddie and they love Iron Maiden and they love all the album covers. And this is one album cover. Like I wouldn't let my kids see this. No. Like one of my kids is five. I would not yeah, let her. I wouldn't let her, let her see the cover of the X Factor for a few years. Like she'd be like, it'd give you nightmares. Like it's pretty gross when you think about it. Yeah, as well as like on, on the top here, this is a really cool styling of Iron Maiden. This is isn't this the last that they use the? Yeah, I don't like it too. It's like an iron plate with like the Iron Maiden in it. Yeah. I just like the classic. I don't know. I think this is too big of a step, and I think a lot of people are saying what I'm saying about the cover art. Yeah, a lot of people probably probably feel about the music on the album. Which yeah. is like it's too big of a step away from what you're used to, but I'm not a fan of this cover album at all. They actually, this is actually so graphic that a lot of stores wouldn't carry it, and they had an alternate version. Yeah, with them off in the distance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, the more commonly seen one when you search. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, with you, this is the first time I've spent any time looking at this album. Yeah. I went out to buy this album in the lead up to this. Yep. Yeah. I don't own it. Okay. Uh, it's one of the one of the few I don't own. Um, I own it. Well, I have it digitally. digitally yeah, yeah. yeah. I never bought it on CD, and I've never, I've never bought this album. Well, this is part of the thing about why vinyl albums are so great. Yeah, actually, probably one of the best things about it is like you, you can really it. get in there and look at it because mm. like on a CD, even you wouldn't notice the detail in this. Mm. And it is cool when you find out that this is like a sculpture that a guy made. Uh, I don't know who the sculptor is, but because uh, I have pictures of here of the guy sculpting it, and a picture of Hugh Syme taking pictures of it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm not a fan of it at all. There's I no like fun it. in it. Every single yeah. Iron Maiden album cover yeah. up to now is kind of fun and kind yeah. of like it has like a, I don't know. Well, that's our our, our own podcast art. Yeah, it's the point of it is fun. Yeah, like fun. you know, we're getting killed by Eddie. I mean, Eddie's yeah. in control. Yeah, you know the whole the whole idea of the you know the number of the beast. Yeah. The whole concept is that Eddie's in control. You know. Yes. Yeah. So I give a so, thumbs down at the cover art. I really don't yeah, like. The cover I don't like it at all. Yeah. So. I agree. I think it's very, very. They good. went back after this to the, you know, the painted Eddies for the Virtual Eleven. Yeah. Which is also not a great album cover, but I think it, I take yeah. it way over this one. I just not yeah. a fan of this album cover. Yeah, and we broke them all down since, but man, they really did bring it back on the cover art with Brave New World, and oh, then yeah. from then on, Dance of Death, we we covered that in our podcast. Yeah, well, stumble that's a kind there, of misstep. Yeah. Yeah. Although there's a lot about that color yeah. scheme and that that I like. But when you get into the detail yeah. of it, you just Final Frontier is really different been. too, but at least it's kind of still Eddie's still kind of this menacing yeah. badass. I and really, then in your I really Souls, like, which is classic, I think. Yeah, I really like the Final Frontier one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I yeah. like it too. It kind of yeah. grew on me after we did the album. Yeah, and I love the color scheme. It's just yeah. different. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool yeah. too, yeah. Yeah. So the other thing about this album that we didn't talk about was the tour, which was yeah. called the X Factor. Yes. So there's 140 shows scheduled, they did 130. Uh, one was canceled because it was in Lebanon. I think it had something to do with visas or something that was going on there. Mm. The rest of them were canceled because of Blaze voice problems. So they mu- missed a bunch of dates in the USA. I think they missed like eight shows in a row uh, with Blaze with his voice. Yeah, didn't he just get exhausted? Well, he has a great voice for singing. He has that like power. He doesn't have the range of Bruce. Like when he sticks in his range, he's great. But when he tries to sing those little Bruce songs, he's, it's a really it's a strain for him. So I think that's a lot of it. It's like, you know, he can do Fear of the Dark, Fridge, Shoot Strangers. But then, like, 
Evil the, the other ones do. are hit wow. and miss. Yeah. The yeah. Diano songs sound pretty good, but yeah. a lot of the Bruce even sign of the cross. Me. Like, I mean, that's exhausting if you tune it all yeah. the time. Here's another thing that people, they always compare blaze and Bruce and it's yeah, like clairvoyant. Excellent. Uh, being the singer of maiden is more than just having like a really good voice. So even if you think that like, if, if you get someone that has an equally good voice as Bruce to be the replacement, it's also the lead singer of Maiden. Being the lead singer of Maiden is like a grueling, it's a grueling tour schedule, right? You really need to be able to grind it out on the road. So it's more than just being able to hit the notes. Like you have to be able to do that night after night after night. And I don't think a lot of people could do that. So I'm like, I looked at the X Factor tour dates. There's a lot of like three nights in a row, a day off, four nights in a row, a day off. Like it's, it's intense, right? For like Maiden just, uh, Rod Smallwood schedules the tour and it's just yeah. it's super intense. When he had his voice problems, it was he had just coming off of eight shows in ten days, and he had eight more in the next ten days, and he canceled those eight. So it's just you know it just goes to show how good of a frontman Bruce is, even if you're not comparing the voices, just being able like, to do that like, you know that's pretty, yeah. pretty that's insane. Yeah, and Bruce does it no problem. Well, he had some voice problems back in the day, but I mean we this. I know they don't tour that intensely now. Yeah. But, uh, and Bruce has canceled dates because of his voice. But what was the most? I'm taking a sip of this beer here, which, by the way, is lovely. Yeah. It's a real nice beer. That's pretty good. What was the most intense tour schedule? I remember Power Slave was the one we keep going back to. Power Slave. 189, 192. Yeah. In, in it was just the long and long and, and grueling. Was, yeah. It was the biggest tour, but it was also, I think it was only eight months, wasn't it? That was, it, it was pretty well just steady. It was intense yeah. and yeah. it went on forever. How many in this tour? Yeah, 130 they ended up doing wow yeah that's still intense man. yeah yeah that's, it is. that's crazy yeah um they started so they started the tour in israel because they kind of wanted to do a few you know out of the spotlight before they got into like the media circus and the big crowds and everything they kind of went to israel and did a few shows and then you can really t- see what the audience was like for this tour they're doing like 2500 to like 9000 seat venues when they did the usa but then they go to South America and they're doing like 15,000 and they did 55,000 seat festivals or, you know, attendance was like 55,000 for a few festivals down there. But in the States, they had, they're really playing with these small venues. Remember we were talking about Jarvis from Night Demon. Yeah. He was saying he saw them down there and he was seeing them in like tiny venues compared to, you know, previously. Yeah. So there's a big drop off in popularity with in the states as far as like attendance yeah, that's so, pretty crazy though yeah yeah another uh here's an interesting tidbit is opening for a bunch of dates on this tour was psycho motel do you know psycho motel okay so psycho motel was adrian smith's band at the time so adrian left he did asap and he had this band uh psycho motel on the go So that must have been weird to have uh, Adrian Smith's band opening for Maiden. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, after he left. and I don't know. It's kind of cool, though, at the same time. 
You'd be surprised if Adrian's up for it. I find that Psycho Motel sounds very like exactly what you would think a 1995 band would sound like. It's Definitely. got that sound. You know what I mean? It's very mid-90s sound yeah. of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it sounds okay. I've listened to the albums a few times, but I've never really gotten into them. Yeah. But they kind of have that. Like, Do you have all the albums? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, oh, another thing with this tour. Yeah. The all-time worst onstage Eddie. It's uh, Here, I have a picture of the onstage Eddie. I'll show you. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It looks horrible, hey? Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Now, they had the Eddie in the electric chair. And they at least electrocute him during Iron Maiden. Mm. But the two minutes to midnight walkout Eddie, like, gone yeah. in stilts in the costume, it's a horrible looking Eddie. It's supposed yeah. to look graphic. I guess they're trying to make it look graphic. Harris looks the same. Yeah. <laughs> he always does. He, he always age. does. But I guess they're trying to make him look like the cover of the X Factor yeah. with a graphic, and it just it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, the last I'll say about the tour, the set list they did on the tour... They did seven songs from the X Factor. Yep. So they did Man on the Edge, Wrath Child, Heaven Can Wait, which yep. Blaze does a pretty good job of. Lord of the Flies, Fortunes of War, Blood on the World's Hand, Afraid to Shoot Strangers, which he also does a good job of. Yep. The Evil That Men Do. Interesting. He it's, he doesn't do a great job of that. Then Aftermath, yep. Sign of the Cross, Two Minutes, Edge of Darkness, Fear of the Dark, Clairvoyant, Iron Maiden, Beast, Hallowed, and Trooper. And he struggles sometimes. I have a... Uh, not a lot. I got like a dozen bootlegs from like this tour, mm-hmm. and he struggles pretty bad on some of these songs. Sometimes he sings them. He kind of modifies them so he's not hitting the notes. And you're waiting for him. To, you're so used to hearing the Bruce version. You're waiting for him to hit that note, but he sings it and hits like a different note. He kind of sings it his own way. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like it. I don't know. Yeah, there was one clip you pulled up from this tour previously where you said there's one song. It might have been this tour. But where you said where Blaze sings one Bruce song that Blaze you felt did a better live. I remember that. But yeah. I remember us going through the Evil of Men. Afraid to shoot stage. strangers. He does a really yeah, good job. I think that was yeah. it. Evil the Men do though, it's just like survival, you know. Yeah, get through it. Yep, a lot of those songs he sounds yeah. kind of he In goes from singing yeah. to just kind of like not screaming out but like yeah. yelling out the lyrics to like. It's weird. He's put in a weird position, right? Yeah. Well, what can you do? Like, you can't not play the hits. Yeah. But, like, if they had just played this whole album from beginning to end, I think it would have been better for him. Mm. But I don't think the fans would have taken that. So Interesting. So last time we were talking about this album, we got through Sign of the Cross. Yes. Track number one. So track number two we'll get into now. 
Oh, yeah, Lord of the Flies. Steve Harrison Yannick wrote this song. Yes. I love the song. I love it. I do, too. Yeah, this is a great song. Mm. The intro riff sounds like, I think, it always, when I heard Gates of Gates of Tomorrow on yeah. Dance of Death, the intro, I'll play the intro now, but yeah. this always reminded me of, this is Lord of the Flies compared with Gates of Tomorrow. No, it's just the same style of like <laughs> I know plucking the strings. Yeah, it's the same. It's it's similar, but it's not. It's different enough that I don't think it's like recycled or anything. It's just kind of the same style of intro. They remind me of each other, but I don't think one's like a copy of the other. I find the intro in Lord of the Flies is the weakest part. I just find yeah. It and if you listen to it live, yeah, like if you listen to Death on the Road when they do it, yeah. it's it sounds very sloppy live. Yeah, it's a bit sloppy live. Yeah, and oh, so the song too. It's well based on the book, Lord of the Flies, sort yeah. of or inspired by. Really dark lyrics, like comparing, like I guess it's comparing modern culture to like the book Lord of the Flies. Yeah, like it's but it's kind of like embracing. It's like embracing the fact that you can lose your morals. It's like enjoying that going, yeah, leaning into primal instincts or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, the lyrics. I just want to feel like we're strong. We don't need a code of morality. I like all the mixed emotion and anger. It brings out the animal, the power you can feel. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of, uh, it's dark. Like this whole album is kind of dark. We were talking earlier about how Steve Harris was in such a dark place when he wrote this album. Yeah. And I don't know, it's kind of... Uh, comes out. It kind you of know, comes out, yeah. Lord of the Flies, like, we, you know, we studied it in school. It's yeah. a great book. It's kind of an interesting case study given the rise of, like, uh, zombie culture. Like, people like that love zombies and apocalypse stuff, yeah. you know. It is so interesting because the same kind of paradigms have been modeled in all these shows. Yeah. So that's interesting. I've and never then thought the, of that before, but it's kind of true. It's so common. Yeah. And then the fact that in this song where they lead into it is actually, like, what people celebrate about these new songs. So it's actually kind of an interesting take on it. Because the whole thing that we learned about Lord of the Flies was, like... Oh look, you know society's collapsed, and in some ways, it's a whole another brick in the wall concept. It's like, oh, without society and rules and forests, look what happens. You know, it's like yeah. there's there's this intrinsic danger of of humanity. And then I looked at this song, Lord of the Flies. It's kind of pro then, with that. Well, it's yeah. almost like a Fight Club angle, yeah. Where you're like, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, yeah, yeah, let's be you know men again. Let's be people again. Let's be people that can that can you know lean into it yeah. and in a good way, and just to celebrate the other an- angle of it. Not to say that chaos is. Is awesome, but I, I like that aspect of the yeah. song. When I read the lyrics on this, I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, aside from all that, it's just really catchy. The chorus is just great. I love the the phrasing in the the chorus. It has this like extra syllable. It's like saints and sinners, something within us. When it adds yeah. the us, we are Lord of the Flies. Saints and sinners, something willing us to be Lord of the Flies. It just yeah. it just sounds really cool. Saints and sinners.
the fade in, the fade out with that riff again with the intro. Yeah. And I'm surprised you played the chorus there. Like, how would you rate this in terms of well known for Maiden Size? Because I'd put this way up there. I think because it was on Death in the on the Road and Bruce yeah. covered it. Yeah. I think it's well known. I think if he hadn't covered it, I don't think it would be up there at all. And really? it was on yeah. And it was on Best of the Beast. Yeah, that Or well, was that's... it on Best of the Beast? It wasn't. Isn't it? Nope. No. So I don't think I think only because Bruce covered it on that tour. I'd have to look, but Best of the Beast has at least at, at least three uh, Blaze Bailey tracks. The at least three, three and a live the three Blaze songs Virus, right? Yeah. Virus, Man on the Edge. Yeah. Which is a live version yeah. of Afraid to Shoot Strangers. Get to that one next. Yeah, and Sign so, of the Cross. Yeah. So the uh, wow. Well, for some reason, I feel like this song's more well known. I think it's because I've been playing it for you and pushing at you for like the last ten years. Maybe that's why. Because <laughs> I've it. always loved the song and I'm always well, like yeah. going off on it and thinking. Well, Sign of the Cross is 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 so well known. And of course, obviously, it's we just saw it on the tour, but I mean, known that forever is the opening track. Don't like his opening track, but also this is sandwich. Yeah. Probably between the two best songs. But I think if it wasn't for Death on the Road and Rock and Rio, mm. where they covered the Blaze songs, I don't think anyone would know them. Your mm. average fan, I mean. Like, obviously, Maiden fans that know the albums would. Yeah. But I think that's why those songs like stick out. The Bruce does them, and Bruce does them live, and it gets recorded on a live album. And then yeah. people get familiar with them. And I think that's why Lord of the Flies is even well known. Yeah, Lord of the Flies is great. Like, it was a single... Yeah. So and there is a video of it. So, okay. So I suppose, but I mean, I I think it's the Bruce version that kind of made it well known with Maiden fans. After that, uh, the chorus. There's a really cool part that I love in the song. It's like this really prog rocky instrumental part that leads into the solo, and the bass riff underneath guitars is really cool. Yeah. And then Yannick does this, an awesome solo on the song. I really love the solo on this. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play. It's that lead into the solo and the solo. I just I love that guitar solo. Yannick, like, we always talk about Yannick. We're always like, he goes crazy on the guitar solos, but sometimes he pulls these really great solos out. Oh, absolutely, I thought that was a great solo. Yeah, it's, so, it's yeah, well, yeah. It's funny the way you said that because for me, I I love Yannick solos. Although yeah. I find Murray's got some awesome lead-ins to his solos in this album, which I'll highlight. Yeah, as we go through, but I think Yannick's great on this album. Well, a lot of times, like. Adrian used to do the really, like, composed part of the solo. Yeah. And Dave Murray would do the really, like, improvised part. Yeah. And then you kind of think when Adrian leaves, and if you watch Yannick live, some he does these balls out, like, improvised, like, crazy parts. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that him and Dave together would just be two improvised parts. But he really, like, plays, he kind of takes the Adrian role and plays, like, composed parts sometimes. And they play off each other. And Dave and him on this album have some good chemistry, which is pretty cool. I don't think many people kind of talk about that very much. So this was a single, CD only. It, you can there's a, a 12 inch vinyl single of it, but it's like an unofficial bootleg one. Um, 
the track listing for the single was Lord of the Flies, and then there's two B-sides. They did a cover of My Generation by The Who. That's a pretty solid like B-side. It's just a it's a cover. It's pretty faithful to the original, but it kind of shows. Blaze sounds amazing on it, yeah. and it kind of shows like this is more like a Wolfbane rock type thing that he comes from. Yeah. So his he really shines on stuff like this. It's not, you know what I mean? Like he Definitely. he knocks it out of the park on this. And then they also on this uh, another B-side from the Lord of Fly single. They do a cover of Doctor Doctor by UFO, which everyone knows yeah. if you've ever seen a Maiden concert. That's awesome. So, you know, every time I hear that, uh, I actually get tingly. I'm tingly right now because the only time I ever hear Dr. Doctor is every time, for, for those of us, our listeners who haven't seen Maiden play live, um, haven't had the fortune yet, hopefully you'll get to see them soon, they uh, they play Dr. Doctor at the opening of everything. That's the only time I hear it. Did, did we ever talk about where that came from? I think you explained it to me a few times. They opened for a UFO yeah. at a point. I don't know if that's where it came from. That's but if you, yeah, most of the time... I think I can't remember when it started. Yeah. But this is like if you're watching a Maiden show, they're just playing like whatever rock music. Yeah. The lights will go down and the song comes on. Doesn't it make you feel cool though? Like oh, even yeah. now yeah. I'm like pumped up. It's like, like you're getting ready to that, see a Maiden like, concert. Yeah. I've, it's like Pavlov Zog. I'm yeah. salivating now. I'm ready I'm ready to see Maiden. Now yeah. you're going to you're going to talk about something. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to hear Maiden. Oh my god. Yeah. No, it's a uh, Great. I got uh, a bunch of UFO on vinyl. So, yeah. like, that's another band I could totally get you into. I sent you a playlist, uh, a, an intro playlist of five songs of Thin Lizzy. Did you ever listen to that? I emailed it to you. Oh, my God. I got so many Google emails music. from you. They go straight <laughs> into the spam folder. But I made an only five, it's only five songs. I picked five yeah. Thin Lizzy songs. I should make you a UFO playlist, too, because I think you'd really love it. I'll put Dr. Doctor as number one. Yeah, I've been avoiding all your emails ever since <laughs> I left that shit in your garage. <laughs> I'll move that soon. Promise. Um, so they do a great version of this. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay, remember we were talking about how if that Maiden ever did a, a farewell show? Mm-hmm. If they ever did a farewell tour, and I was like, it'd be cool if they could somehow work the two old singers in, even just get them on stage for something. This would be a great way to get uh, Blaze on stage with Bruce to do duet, because it's like neutral ground. They're not like covering each other's songs. I think if they did a final Maiden show tour, when they come back from the encore, they do Doctor Doctor with Blaze and Bruce doing a duet. It'd be awesome. Mm, that would happen. be cool. I was just thinking that would be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah so the co- the that. cover to the single is Eddie in an electric chair, and he's flanked with these two like giant flies. Mm-hmm. It totally reminds me of uh, the Edward the Great cover that would come out. It wouldn't be out till like two thousand two, so those years after this. 
but it's him in a throne. He's flanked by these dogs, and he has like a, a like a king's robe on on the Edward the Great cover. Yeah, but the uh, this is the uh, the single to Lord of the Flies, the CD single, and he kind of has the same look, that except he's cool. in an electric chair. It's kind of cool. Two giant flies. Interesting robe he's got on. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the one from Edward the Great. That's cool. I guess it's supposed to be Lord of the Flies, so they have like a... Yeah, very yeah. literal interpretation. Yeah, like a lot of stuff on this yeah. album. Orwell. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is 1984. You can see the calendar clearly says... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's. have you ever seen the video for this song? No. So it's filmed in Israel. I am assuming they did it when they did the opening of the tour. Remember, so they did a few shows in Israel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read that in a Blaze interview that they warmed up. They did the warm up shows. The first leg of the first, I think, three or four shows were in Israel. I'm not. Mm. I think, and it's this place called the Fortress of Masada, which is like a cli- on a cliff. It's like this ancient fortress on a cliff above the Dead Sea. So when you're watching the video for Lord of the Flies, there's a helicopter that flies over and it does these shots but it's a shot it's kind of like a behind the scenes shot of the band playing but you can also see the cameras and the lights and all the crew but they never actually show the footage that they're recording which i found strange it's like why didn't they show that instead they show like live footage from like a concert um it's i don't know it's weird but then i found out after that there's they used that in another video so but it's weird they used the filming of another video like helicopter shots of the the set in the video yeah. for Lord of the Flies. That's weird. So, like, these videos, like, every time we do a single, you're like, have you seen the video? I'm like, no. Yeah. How am I supposed to see them? Like YouTube. I guess YouTube now, yeah. right? But, the I mean, you used to be, like, much music and stuff. Yeah, and this was but, on I mean, all those we, channels. When, yeah. we, we grew up with those, and main videos were not on them. They were if you watched, like, The Edge and what were the other okay. metal shows. Like That makes sense. Yeah. Because all I remember is, like, a steady barrage of, like, you know, Pearl Jam and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, what was it... Uh, Gwen Stefani's band and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there'd be like Beavis and Butthead. And <laughs> then, you know, you've never seen any of the videos. It was never yeah. on any of the networks. But people said that too about like Tool mm. videos and stuff because Tool have some of the best videos from that era. But they were on like certain shows that were on late night. Yeah, but Tool videos also squeaked in because they became some of their key heads were mainstream. Yeah, and don't forget, Maiden wasn't very popular at this time. Yeah. So it wasn't like. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't be in the high rotation, I don't think. Yeah. I, I, I can honestly say. You know, we have a. <laughs> I can honestly say I've seen a handful of music videos. Okay, well, I have that yeah. DVD. I uh, watched Speed of Light when it came out, and I was like, I'm never watching another video again. Yeah, this Maiden doesn't have. They don't have a history yeah. of really strong videos. I have uh, the Visions of the Beast DVD. Yeah. And I remember when that came out, I watched it over and over again. So I'm pretty Wait, no, familiar. Is that, what is that? It's just all their collected music videos. Okay, because I was just going to say, is there somewhere I can buy them all? Yeah, I'll lend it to you. It's yeah. a DVD, and it's just all the videos, but a lot of them aren't. Uh, some of the earlier ones are great, and some of the later ones. The ones that are mostly live footage, I find that's where yeah. Maiden shines, right? But then, yeah, then you have the live yeah. chapter was the 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 MP4 they released free. That yeah, was, that was awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, Maiden's best. They should when they're doing music videos, they should stick to just them live on stage. Yeah, because that's but Maiden's only that their stage presence. Yeah, like, and that's where Maiden. Why shines, overthink right? it? Yeah, they try to do these concept ones sometimes, and they just. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or they do a I, lot of stuff where it's like them on stage interspersed with like little clips of yeah. stuff. Like well, Run of the Hills in, and Number of the yeah. Beast. Back in the day, I guess that made sense, right? Like uh, Man on the Edge came out probably pretty early. They had, had they started the tour, I don't know. But, you know, uh, 
So maybe they didn't need to get something yeah. done. I don't know. Yeah, well... Yeah, for yeah. me, it should all be live. So Lord of the Flies, mm. the video is basically a live concert. And then there's some of this, like, helicopter footage. Yeah. So it's a pretty good video. Blaze looks like a badass. He looks kind of like Glenn Danzig. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had to bring him So in. Glenn Danzig is, like, the ultimate badass. You love Danzig. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and Dave Murray, uh, something cool about this video is Dave Murray is not wearing a Iron Maiden t-shirt. He's wearing what? a skull and crossbones T-shirt, and it's very, uh, it's very strange looking. If you're a Maiden fan, to see that he did cut the sleeves off, though, of course. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's got to get the pipes out there. Yeah, but Blaze, like uh, Blaze, still performs Lord of the Flies. If you see him to this day, he does a pretty good version of it. I'll play a clip now of Blaze doing this. Is Blaze long after he was in Maiden doing it? But he really does a good job of it. Yeah, Blaze does a great version of that when he does it so awesome. The other thing, I think he does a way better version than uh, uh, Bruce's version, which I do love Bruce's version. Mm. But Blaze, this song is built for Blaze. The other thing he does is... uh, I'll give you that. Yeah. In the last year or two, he did this festival in the Netherlands. Uh, It was Blaze Bailey and Thomas Zweigen, I think is how you pronounce the last name. I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, sounds Scandinavian. Yeah. <laughs> and he did this. This is from the Called e, it. the EEF Festival. And he did a whole bunch of Blaze songs and Maiden songs acoustic with this guy. And he kind of stripped them down. And this is uh, Lord of the Flies kind of stripped down on acoustic. I don't know how I feel about this, but I'll let you hear it. So I'm not sure how I feel about oh, that. His voice you, is really yeah. good on it. I'll tell you how I feel about it. Normally I'd rip that apart, except that I could think like, I, I would say if you were in that crowd and you leaned into it with them, like that would be awesome. Yeah. Because the best part of that. Because that's an audience is, recording. It's not a. Yeah. Uh, but it seems yeah. like they're almost sitting back like a coffee shop there. Yeah. You know, but yeah. it, it, imagine if we were doing that, you know, after hours and, and yeah. having a time. I mean, that would be deadly. Yeah. Yeah. But and his voice sounds great on it. It sounds excellent. Yeah. The uh this guy Thomas Zwijen, I don't know how you pronounce it. Z W I J S E N. Zwijen. He has uh, a bunch of albums out. I think three albums, maybe four, called Nylon Maiden, which is him doing acoustic covers on a of Maiden songs on a classical guitar. 
Uh, I haven't really listened to any, any of them. I'm, no. I don't know. I was just throwing that out there. That's who the guy that he's with is. So it's not really my thing. You've heard that piano covers of yeah, Iron Maiden. Yeah, the harps. And the harp twins. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. I like the girls with the... That's the harp twins, yeah. No, no, not... not. Yeah, well, them, yes. But, you know, the Iron Maidens. Now that's... Oh, the Iron Maidens. That's how you yeah. do a cover. Yeah. But I don't mind, like... I don't care for the harp twins or the piano covers, but I don't mind. I played it for you once and you got so mad at me. We I talked didn't, about this. No, like, we you kind did. Of, you got super mad. I we argued you, back and forth. And, and you I wrote came me an to email the and you were like, that's not, that's not me. It was the only time I've ever seen you use caps lock. <laughs> the only time? <laughs> the only, well, top four times. I think it was, we, we went into one episode where we went into a whole bunch of covers. And I pretty much said, it wasn't them. It was the two guys with the cellos that I hate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the Harp Twins because I think that the Harp Twins actually like Maiden. And they're doing it because, like, if people are covering Maiden, I don't care if you do it on, like, a trumpet. Mm-hmm. If you love Maiden and that's your way of covering it, I got no problem with you. There's that band, uh, remember Steven Seagulls? And they did it on, like, banjos and stuff. And I was like, man, you're doing it, like, ironically because you're like, hey, listen to this is Iron Maiden. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that just drives me crazy i got no time for it i hate it and those two guys on the cello i don't think they actually like metal i think they're doing it because they're like look how cool we are everybody whereas those two girls on the harp and and the iron maidens of course and like metallica did remember tomorrow which was awesome Mm -hmm. and we listened to that motorhead cover of the trooper and like you can tell they really love maiden oh totally yeah there's a band called hell songs have you ever heard them they're like they do like kind of stripped down versions. They do one mm. of the evil that men do and it's really mellow. Mm. But like I can tell they love Maiden and they love the song and that they're just doing their version of it. But I don't like people that like, I don't know. when you, If I think that you're doing it ironically. Or making a mockery of it. Exactly. It just mm. fills me full of hatred. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why those guys with the banjos, uh, yeah. banjos, I'm just like, give me a break with your beards and blown yeah. in a jug and... There was, there was a guy we did we covered the podcast who did like an acoustic version on stage and we kind of beat him up but he loves Maiden yeah yeah I mean it's it, it's a funny one I mean I think it's just you know subjectively if you think yeah. they love Maiden it's also the moon you're in it is to yeah it. and but like the Harp yeah. Twins is not something that I would ever listen to no. and same with that piano there's that just, piano just covers just hit mute just hit mute <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. there's also that album that's the piano covers of Maiden yeah and like I'm never gonna listen to that unless I'm trying to like sneak it into my wedding or something yeah, well, <laughs> sneak it into your <laughs> sneak wedding. Sneak maiden in. Go back in time. Yeah. Oh, but, like, it, but like, I don't know. It doesn't annoy me. I'm not like enraged by Ooh, it or anything. That should be an episode of Wedding List for Maiden. Imagine like just doing a wedding and planting <laughs> Maiden everywhere. Yeah, you could very easily do that. You could, do you could go totally to silent. that. Uh, remember that place, the, what's it called? The Something Frog that we went to in London that had the Iron Maiden rings? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I can't remember what it was called. Although, yeah, I don't We know. stumbled into the shop when we were walking through London. Randomly, we walked into it, and I was like, oh, I saw this place on the internet. Yeah. We walked in, they had all these, like, Iron Maiden rings. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know how sometimes you see on the internet, you, like, you see these, like, metal couples, and they're like, their whole life is metal. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're not, you, your wife tolerates your severe addictions. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the good thing, because if you were in that, it would be weird. Like, yeah. if you were in a metal couple, like, everything would be, I mean, you already have, like, a room dedicated to Maiden and everything Maiden. Yeah. If your whole house was made and painted Maiden, I mean, it, it wouldn't be as cool anymore. It'd be almost too much. I don't know. And I have a, a friend. You'd be getting, like, an intervention. I have a friend, John, who, uh, they're a complete, total metal couple. They yeah. just love metal. 
So and they're very cool. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. They're awesome. It's totally. Uh, I stand corrected. Yeah, they just love metal. <laughs> fair enough. I remember they used to. Uh, he used to get dropped off at work, and uh, you just hear like the metal coming <laughs> out of the car, and I was like, this is awesome. Metal. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I've that, never seen yeah. a couple that love metal more than the two of them. So Fair the next, enough. yeah, the next song. Yes. Man on the Edge. I want to give my spit, okay. uh, my pitch on this Let's one. Go for it. This, I think, is Peak Blaze. Peak I think Blaze? Okay. In the sense, like, this is the best thing that he's involved with. He has writing credit on it. It's made to me. It's probably my favorite track on the whole album. Because it sounds like... Because uh, it sounds like made a lot. It's yeah. so great. I just love it. <laughs> I love this tune. Like, I think yeah. it's excellent. Well, it sounds just like "Be Quick or Be Dead." It's that kind of in it that does. vein. It's got two good. Not just like it, but I mean, it's in that yeah. vein. It's like a quick rocker. Yeah. So the one that sounds the most like "Previous Maiden" is the yeah. one that's your favorite, which is no surprise. That's not a surprise. Yeah. yeah, but also it's it, I'm 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 listening to it, and you know when he comes in and he kicks in, it, like it starts off just like Maiden to me, and yeah. then yeah, like the Maiden that's defined by the past. Fair enough. Transitions all that blah. Yeah, but. He doesn't take away. He adds to it. He's got a writing credit. I'm like, okay, I like this. This is why yeah. I argued it should be an opener before. Yeah. And yeah, I just like this song. Because you're thinking this would be a good transition yeah. between the old and the new Maiden. And he has yeah. a writing credit. I think if you look at yeah. the body work for Blaze, this is the best contribution that yeah. he has from a writing So I have a, a quote from yeah. uh, Blaze. He says, uh, no music was written before I started recording the X Factor. I got quite a few of my ideas onto a work with Steve or with Yannick that became part of the X Factor. The first single from the X Factor was my lyrics for Man on the Edge. There so, you go. Yeah. So that backs so, up my argument. One of the things that I will criticize this album about, this is about that movie Falling Down from 1993. Did you see that movie with Michael Douglas? Is that the it? Michael Douglas where he gets stuck in traffic yes. and he loses his So the money. guy loses his job, separated yeah. from his wife. He's trying to get to his daughter's birthday party, gets stuck in traffic, snaps goes on this like rampage through la does he kill someone uh yeah there's a whole bunch of stuff happens in it maiden always writes these songs about like movies and tv and you know books and stuff but this is so literal and the lyrics are so literal i don't know how to describe it like there's a lyric the freeway is jammed and it's backed up for miles the car is an oven and baking is wild the lyrics are a little weak yeah i don't know how to describe it it's it's almost like you're going too literal like about yeah. it's good to be inspired by it and sing yeah. about it like lord of the flies is great because yeah. but they're not quoting lord of the flies and they're not like the yeah. pig is stuck on a stick and the flies cover the pig's head you know what i mean I like it. I get it. Yeah. they're so literally about this thing that it just kind of takes away a bit yeah but th- this whole album is literal lyrics i know and that's part of my problem with the with the album it's yeah. a criticism i have of the album and i don't i like the song a lot yeah. but I don't know the the phrasing of the song is really like the way they pronounce the way they pronounce a lot of the lyrics in the song. It, it sounds kind of awkward. He's like, uh, once he built missiles, a nation's defense. Now he can't even give birthday presents. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's kind of sounds forced. So cheesy. Yeah, well, it just sounds yeah. forced. It doesn't sound natural. Yeah. And that's lyric. That's literally from the movie because he's trying to get to his daughter's birthday party, right? Yeah. In the movie. I read a bunch of places. Here's something. Here, I have an, a good fun fact about the song. I know you like when I bring yeah. in uh, fun facts. I read a whole bunch of places that uh, Blaze wrote the lyrics and the melody yeah. to the song. But I think they're just talking about the vocal me- melody. Because this song, the ly- music to the song was written 14 years earlier when uh, Yannick was in White Spirit. So I have a demo from 1981 Ooh. with White Spirit. 
a song that Yannick wrote. And listen to this. Yeah, that's 14 years earlier. That's insane. But it's a demo that Yannick wrote, and he never used it. And he just pulled it out on this album. Wow. So, anyway. So Yannick definitely wrote the music yeah. for this. It's plain as day, right? So the the, the, the clip, the literal lyrics and how it links to the, to the movie, um, you see that throughout the album. Yeah. And and we'll get to it. Yeah, it's kind there. of overdone, and it's kind of, yeah. I don't know. I like it when they get in, like, it's nothing new for Maiden yeah. to be, like, inspired by something like that. But yeah, they've done it with like countless times before with like, you know, The Prisoner. Yeah. But it's a great, yeah, it's a really, really good song, but they really go literal on the lyrics. And I think that kind of takes away a bit, yeah. but not enough that it, it makes me not like the song. But it's just, it annoys me a little bit. Okay, so Yannick and Dave have a really good solo in this. Uh, the first half is Yannick, and then he kind of passes it off to Dave Murray. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's very quickly. It's like ten seconds yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But one thing I find about this album is in the mix is the solos sound kind of like, especially Yannick's part. It sounds kind of buried. It doesn't like when Dave cuts in, you can hear it a bit better. Yeah. But I just wish that the the solos are a bit louder in the mix. They're kind of I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because I don't know enough about like sound engineering or whatever. Mm. But I feel like it's a production flaw. Yeah. Or? Yeah. So cool solos, but it's it's like I almost have to like listen hard to really. Yeah. I don't know. It almost it's, feels like continuous. It sounds kind of buried in the mix to me, which I don't know. I guess that's a production thing. Yeah. But yeah, good solos. But again, this album, I always feel like the guitar solos are not quite as like bright sounding as they should be. Mm. I don't know how to actually explain it. Another cool part. Here's a little a five second clip. There's a part where uh, Steve Harris has a cool little bass run. Where he like goes up the neck and he just says like doo-doo-doo. I'll just play it for you now because it's quick. <laughs> Little details like that, I just love them. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that part That's too. Pure yeah. Steve, right? He's no, just, like, I, I know that to one the too. Max. Actually, there's 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 a fair bit of bass stuff coming up later in the album. Yeah, yeah there's some cool stuff on there. Yeah, but this is a good rocker. It's a good. Uh, yeah, it would have been a good opener. I would take this over. Be quick or be dead. To yeah. be honest, I don't like that raspy, gravelly Bruce Dickinson singing from that album. You know? Let's not get off tangent here because Be Quick or Be Dead, I love it. I do too, but... I love this song. I would love to hear Blaze do Be Quick or Be Dead. Yeah. And when they did their live set, I don't wonder why they didn't pick that mm. as a song for Blaze to do. Because I think Blaze could do a good version of that. Yeah, I, I've been reflecting on the the, the ballads. You, you said, I like this one because it's, it's, you know, it's shorter and yeah. poppier. 
or not popular, but you know, it's like like concise is the word I'm looking for. Um, the longer ones, like Hallowed, is probably my favorite main song. It's yeah, up there it's up there. Yeah, Evil Evil the Bendu. I always yeah. I, I, I oscillate those two as my two favorites, and it's just so held together by a theme, and it's got so much momentum and everything. The bells, all of it. It's like awesome. Whereas I love this part of the album. There's so many epic tracks in this album, as you talked about before. Yeah. Um, but I don't find any of them have that cohesion, except Sign of the Cross to really hold together. Maybe the, the Unbeliever. Like, but yeah. to hold them together. And that's why I like this one so much. And that's why I say it's, for me, the best thing from Blaze. It, it's just because it's concise. It's it's good. It, it holds together. And it's not leaves you wanting. Now, Sign of the Cross, excellent. Lord of the Flies, excellent. You know, you can even we could get into Virtual Eleven and argue a few tracks, um, but for me, I just find that where he's got a writing credit on this and where it just made me. For me, it's where it's his best contribution to their works. See, I think the song is good, but not great, okay. and it's in the bottom half of the songs. On bottom the, half on, on this, this album? album? Yeah. Oh, you're drunk. Oh man, I would put. Yeah, a lot of songs better. Than oh this. my god, we're, gonna do we're it. doing we that after. Yeah, we're okay. doing that after. There's, there's okay. no way this is bottom half. For me, it is. It's just well, taste, right? Yeah, well, but to me, it is. No way. <laughs> so this was a single. It uh, had the Edge of Darkness, the album version, which we're going to cover, yeah. com- which is coming up. And then they had a B side, a B side called uh, "I Live My Way." I don't know. I I don't think that's great. Eh, no I can see why they left that off the album. Yeah. Of the f- extra tracks that they recorded. And here's the album cover for the... Here's the CD single. They just keep doubling down on the... I know. Is that the same thing? Just it's a different angle? It's a different angle. And same I dummy or whatever I think it is. it's... Yeah. It's... I don't know. It takes the fun out of Eddie, right? It's like, yeah. I feel sorry for Eddie. I shouldn't feel sorry for Eddie. Yeah, but it doesn't even look real. It looks rubber. It looks like... Yeah, I know. And it doesn't even look like Eddie. I know it's a new take on Eddie, but I don't know. It's him with his head getting opened up and some kind of machines, like, removing the top half of his head. Don't like it. <laughs> well, sir, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, there's... Depending on what single you get or bonus disc you get... Mm-hmm. There's other B-sides. There's two more B-sides, Justice of the Peace and Judgment Day. We'll get into those later because I have. Well, I just kind of want to get through the album first, and then we'll bring up these other B-sides. The single that I have has that as has I live my way as the uh, as the B-side. We'll get into the other ones after, but uh, and there's two videos for this. One's for Man on the Edge. One is super cheesy. It's like Maiden rocking out in with like a strobe light, and then there's like CG. Uh, footage of like businessmen with briefcases falling from office buildings oh, it's God. like you know what i mean falling down falling down and i always wonder when i see it i was like oh i wonder if like they yanked this after like 9 11 <laughs> if they were like we'll never play this game <laughs> it's literally businessmen falling out of business out of buildings to their <laughs> out death of, out of business buildings <laughs> yeah out of business buildings. Out of business and there's a second buildings. video 
for this song, which is way better, which is the one they were filming in the footage from Lord of the Flies video. It's them rocking out in this fortress above well, the Dead Sea. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they were. That's what they were filming when you see the behind the scenes wasn't stuff. Wasn't this in the, the other first video. single? No, it wasn't. Obviously, not. I don't know which order they came out in. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah. There's also a secret version of this video on the Visions of the Beast DVD, which I meant to look up and watch, but I never did. It's like an Easter egg. You have to do something with the menus to unlock it. And I meant yeah. to watch it before we recorded this, but I totally forgot to watch it. But apparently, it has like a bunch of like outtakes from the studio or something in it. I don't know. Cool. So there is a third secret version that I've never seen. When we get to the end of this, we're going to have like major disagreement on what songs are the best. Oh, God. But uh, the next song, Fortunes of War. Yeah. What do you think? I don't like it. I love the song. Ugh. I love it. It's epic. It never gets there for me. It's hit and miss. Uh, I love it. And the theme is just like, I feel like it's too tryhardy. So they start with an epic. Yeah. Then they hit you with two rockers Lord of the Flies and Man on the Edge. Then the like really dark prog rock starts, right? Yeah. And it's 100% Harris. You can tell this is written around the bass riff. Uh, I'll play a clip of the intro, which I think is really cool. Yeah, you can tell that's written around a bass riff, so yeah. which makes sense because it's a Harris writing credit. And then it comes in; it's like a slow, plodding like rock, which I love. This like slower, darker maiden. You either mm. like it or you don't like it. The lyrics are like about a guy that has PTSD from a war. Yeah, but I think it's really about Steve Harris and where he was. It's like sometimes I wake, I feel that my spirit's broken. I wonder if I have the strength to carry on. Yeah. And I read that quote last episode where Steve Harris said, uh, I was down mentally. The others are going to look to me for strength to carry on. And I just ain't got it at the moment. Yeah. So this is kind of, I think, he wrote the song. I think it reflects the way he felt at the time. And I agree with that. But this, the fortunes of war and the aftermath both have that common theme. Yeah. But here's here's my frustration with it. I find it's really weak. It just like... um, Okay, you're a rich guy going through a divorce. Don't yeah. compare yourself to someone coming back from, like, you know, a war. And that that that, that kind of thing hit me. It just didn't seem like a war song. It's like, what are we fighting for? What do we do this for? It's like it's all this, like these these lyrics. I mean, these two songs to me have the same theme. They're they're split, but that that commonality is there. And I'm just like, ugh, in between. You know, falling down all these all these movies it just didn't work for See, me. See, when this kicks in, it has like listen to this riff. This yeah. I love this riff when it kicks in. I just love that riff, and I love the slow. I don't know. It has a cool groove to it. That's, like, that's yeah. awesome. When yeah. it cuts in, there's some great pieces in here. There's no question. I'm, I'm not. I'm not poo-pooing the track. I still give it yeah. like a six out of ten or so, or maybe more. It's just. It's a long epic track to me. Yeah. It's hit and miss at points, 
and I don't like the theme. I don't like his placement in the album. It's just fortunes at work. Just I don't I, know. Yeah, I, I love the song. Yeah. The other thing I love about the song, it's the first place on this album where we get yeah. that maiden gallop. love that but i mean you are on the fourth song on the album and you're f- over almost five minutes into the fourth song before you finally get some maiden gallop yeah so and well if, you know if fortunes of war is despite some of the lyrics if it's if it's implying about the outcome of the divorce they should have just covered the movie war of the roses but i don't think it's literally about yeah that i think he's writing a song about that but he, he wrote it because it kind of he was drawn yeah. to that based on how he was feeling. Yeah. I don't think he's like trying to be like, I'm going to write a metaphor about how I feel. Yeah. I think he just like felt shitty and he's drawn to these dark things. Yeah, it's self-aggrandizing you know I mean? if that's the case. But no, I don't know. We'll leave it. Yeah, <laughs> there's some there's some great moments in it. It's just, for me, it's just it's just not there. It's, it's, there's something wanting about this track. Now that said, yeah. I'm not poo-pooing this track because like yeah. literally the four or five that follow this are some of the darkest parts of this album for me. I, okay. I actually, I, I like this track. It's a lot about, like, I just think, I don't know, Fortunes of War and the repetition of the I just, it's so close, it could be so much better. So. That's really it for me. I Like, in the sense, I just, okay. I, I, I feel like it, it's wanting. So I really like the solos in the song. Yeah. It's Yannick, and he passes off to Dave. Yeah, and it's really And good it's cool. Yeah. But this is another example, and this is a criticism I have of the song and the whole album, yeah. is Yannick's guitar tone again it seems really buried in the mix and it sounds really like there's a lot of like room reverb there and it's not bright enough and it doesn't cut through the rest of the music It's like there's a lot of reverb on it, and it just yeah. doesn't sound. No, you're right. It, it's it's not that strong. you can't hear it. I'm describing mm. it wrong. Like you can totally hear the yeah. guitar solos. Right. Yeah. It's just I don't like the way that they sound. I don't know. Yeah, there's something about like them that they, they. It's almost like faded out and faded in the solo there because at the end, or Yannick was going a little bit. Yeah, but there's in, a lot of rever- reverb on the guitar yeah. tone, and it doesn't. It just sounds. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. How Although that's that's. By and you know, by all accounts, it's objectively a really good song. The other thing about the song that I will criticize is the whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. They, they do that, that so much on this album. This album. Yeah. yeah, this album, oh there's God. a lot of the whoa, yeah. oh, oh, oh's. which could be awesome. In it's overdone the, on this album, yeah, and I think it's album. like it's almost like some. I was going to make a compilation of all the whoa, oh, oh's on no. this album, but I didn't. It just made <laughs> but they do do it a lot. Um. I don't know. I think the aftermath is a better song on the similar on the same sub- subject matter. Yes, but I think this is a really really good song. It's cool uh, live. Uh, I'll play you a clip of the song live. 
so live, this song is so heavy. I love the way it kicks in. It's just like chunk, 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 chunk. And they don't capture that on the album. So the live version, I think, is way better. Again, I, I don't know. I like the aftermath better. It's cool. Live, they do that thing with uh, Yannick has his acoustic in the stand for the intro and the outro. And uh, Steve Harris moves between an acoustic bass and his bass that's strapped on. So there's a lot of like switching back and forth with instruments. It's kind of cool. Uh, I know the chorus is kind of like weak. It's just fortunes of war. For, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of repetitive. And you know that, whoa, whoa, that's kind of yeah. overdone. They kind of needed to, I think if they had a, had another part after that, to kind of drive the song home, but instead they just go into a half, half time course, which they did in Sign of the Cross already. Sign of the Cross, they sang song at the end. It goes into the half speed. Yeah. It's the chorus again, but half speed, and they do that again on this song. Yeah, and it's kind of like a weak way to end the song. But I really like the song. But it's it's like which is what I said. I yeah, said I know. it never quite gets there. It's, yeah, uh, they needed a little yeah. bit more to push it over the edge. Yeah. But I really do like the song. Yeah, I really. Well, like the I mean, I don't yeah. think we're that far apart. Yeah, I don't dislike it. Yeah, um, I did say that um, that this leads off like some you know a part of an album, the part of the album that I don't like. But I would, I'd have to say like, look for the truth. The next track, I really like this tune. Okay, I like this I song too. I love yeah. this tune. Like, there's a great hook there. There's some uh, awesome piece in there. You can really rock out to this song. Yeah. The say. only thing I find about this yeah. song is well, up here. No, I'm not going to play it. I haven't... You know, the intro... I was going to play a clip of the intro, but it's like it's the quiet intro thing again. Hmm. And it's kind of... After Fortune of the War, it's a, getting a bit overdone of doing the... Yeah. It's a, a minute and 40 before it kicks in. Yeah. And once it gets going, it's great. And Blaze's vocals are really good on the song. Yeah. But uh, it's that slow yeah. intro building. That, and then, yeah, and it kind of yeah. it kind of hurts his, his, his flow in the album because the truth is, is this is exactly the type of hook chorus that you'd have for his vocals yeah like i have like a clip it, yeah. of his vocals here and they're just great You you actually hit I love that I love that piece yeah. like you hit what I what I noticed like my favorite but also cheesy lyrics like I love yeah. these uh, look for the truth deepest cut of all from you knife of the truth blade of hatred slicing through. I know I love that. I love the part too it's my final stand I make a fist out of each hand to the shadows of the past take a breath and I scream attack it's yeah. really cool lyrics like this is more of like in line with like what I expect from main lyrics than man on the edge. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like this is this is really great lyrics. As Bailey, Yannick, and Steve wrote the song, and I wonder if Bailey Blaze Bailey came up with the lyrics for this because if he did, these are like I think some of his best lyrics. I love it. They're awesome. Yeah, really cool. Uh, the solo is good. Do you have a clip of the solos? I love the. Solos. I do have a clip of the solos, and it's Yannick, and he hands off to Dave. Yeah. Um, I think Yannick is playing with a slide. Remember, we we're talking about that on yeah. the Tattooed Millionaire episode. Yeah. We talked about Yannick playing with a slide. And he has since. I've noticed him doing it a few times. I didn't realize he does it, but he does do it every now and then. Um, it just it makes the solo kind of unique for the album. But it's I love these solos.
Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool solo. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Love this song. Yeah, and the chorus is basically like a sing-along part for the audience. You know, the whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But again, it's more of the whoa, oh, oh lyrics. Like, I don't know. Yeah. By this point, it's like, you but, know, Blaze loves to throw his whoa, oh, oh's into songs on this album. Yeah, and I've criticized um, some of the placement of the tracks leading yeah. up to this. This is track five, or could be track six, whatever, depending on the... Well, it is track five, but I mean, it could have been track six. Yeah. Um, it's this hook, like, yeah, you're right, with the leading could have been a little stronger, but it's got this poppy hook. It's a perfect place for it in the album. Yeah. And then you could lead into bang. And this is where... This next part of the album is where I start to have some issues. Okay. And then it finishes strong, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, coming yeah. up... It's a cool song, though. Yeah. I like the song... I do like yeah. the song a lot. It's one of my one of my favorite oh, Blaze hooks. Yeah, it's it's yeah, good. It's His vocals are really great. The lyrics are great. Yeah. The whoa oh ohs are getting a bit much at this point. Yeah, like and the, they do it better in the red and the black. They kind of have that whoa oh thing. They do it a little better, I think. I think Steve kind of puts these in envisioning playing them live and having the audience. You know when they yeah. they play in South America and everyone like sings all the those parts really live. Yeah, but you can also add them live and leave them out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's totally true. You don't have to sing yeah. them on the album. That's true, but uh, I think it's a really good song. The intro is a little long. It's like a minute forty before it kicks in, mm. and uh, I don't know. But I think just because it comes right after Fortunes of War, which has a similar intro, yeah, they notice it. If they had a, I don't know, the sequencing could have been yeah. a bit better, maybe. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it comes it right after Fortunes of War, and then pinned before the aftermath. So right. it's an interesting kind of fit for the the song but I, I like it yeah will we will we call it there yeah and we'll we'll wrap them up in next episode fire. yeah but it's gonna be a three-parter we'll three, three parts parter. of the x-factor well that's it well, that's, can that's you it. imagine <laughs> oh my god i'm just gonna tease this before we do episode three yeah. the next track that we're gonna talk about the aftermath my favorite track on the album oh my god <laughs> But let's not war, get into it. Let's, after the f- war, left feeling known as one. After the war, what does a soldier become? Love Ooh, it. Who knows? Who love knows? it. Love it. Who anyway, knows? that's my favorite song. Quick album. reflection on the beer. Good. Season. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it. We just kind of started Fantastic. drinking. Ontario beer. Yeah. We'll link that up. It's good. I'll put it on the website. Yeah. It's on the beer list. The was it uh, slash beers. Talkingmaiden.com slash beers. You can see yeah. a list of all of our beers. So you want to get in touch with us? Talkingmaiden.com. Um, rate us on the whatever platform you're using. Tell your friends. Tell your tell your tell your mom. Tell your dad. <laughs> tell, your, tell your little cousin. Anyone? Um, uh, if you see anyone walking around the maiden shirt, <laughs> go, up and, <laughs> go up and high five them. Um, tell them what our podcast. Yeah, expector. It's going. This is fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to the next one. Because of yeah. hot takes. I can't wait to wrap this one up. It's because, fun to do an album that most of the time we yeah. do a, an Iron Maiden album and we're just like, yeah, this song's awesome. I, th- I also agree this song's awesome. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, No, this is the best song. No, this is the best. They're all tied for yeah, best. Yeah, although I'm starting to feel like sometimes like I'm going through and I'm like, oh, there's this part and that part. And then like, people might listen to be like, he doesn't like this. Like, I love it all. Yeah. But you have to kind of be critical. Yeah. Like even like what was the uh, the track we went through there today. But it's hard to be so critical when you're listening to yeah, when you're doing Fortunes albums like when you're doing albums like yeah. Power Slave and stuff. Yeah. It's hard to criticize. Power it's hard Slave. to be critical. We were yeah. trying to find flaws, but yeah. like Fortunes of War, like it started out almost sound like I hate it. Like it's probably <laughs> in my top half of the album for sure. Yeah. And I like this album, but yeah. there's some weak spots we'll get to in the next yeah. one. So the next album or the next episode yeah. on this album, we're just gonna get right into the songs. Yeah, and then, and then we'll finally uh, get the call ooh. with Ferguson. Well, yeah, we'll get that <laughs> get guest, his uh, opinion. Guest call yeah. from Fergus. 
And then we've got to kind of wrap this up. And, and yeah. the conclusion is going to be fun. TalkingMaiden.com. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you soon. Up the irons and down the hops. Yeah.